We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up everybody welcome into an all new episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you of course can follow me on x at andy herman nfl you can follow the podcast at pack a day podcast i am joined today after far 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 too long by Harry Goldstein of Pax What She Said, and Alex Strofe from the Radio Waves. Alex, Perry, how the heck are you doing? I'm so glad to be back, Andy. Missed you. Alex? Yeah, have we like, even talked about the Packers getting eliminated yet? Or, 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 I think we did. But other I think than people that, know by now. I think somebody, somebody, <laughs> won, somebody won a Super Bowl, I think, the last time. Anyway, uh, good to see you guys. It's great to see you guys as well. Uh, like I said, it has been far, far, far too long. I'm super excited about today's episode. We're going to be going over some breakout candidates. We're going to be going over some regression candidates as well, because that's always within the realm of possibility. But before we get there, since it has been a hot second since we've had the opportunity to chat last, let's start with the one and only Jeff Halfley, because not only did the Packers fire a defensive coordinator since we last talked, not only did the Packers hire a defensive coordinator since we last talked, he finally, finally finally had his press conference. I've obviously had the opportunity to chime in on it here on the show, but Perry, I want to start with you. Your thoughts on the hire, your thoughts on his opening presser. Um, yeah, wow. We haven't talked about this at all, which is crazy because listeners of this show know exactly, I think, how the three of us feel about the coaching change, which is that we are rooting for it, which not rooting for someone to get fired, right? Never rooting for that. But, you know, I think best case scenario from this season was literally exactly what happened, which was, you know, every arrow is pointing upwards and they get a new defensive coordinator in. Um, I don't think any of us necessarily had Jeff Halfley on our, you know, list <laughs> per se as the person who is going to get the role. Um, but I don't really particularly care about that um I'm excited about it I I um 
I've done like a decent amount of learning about him and his style. And I think it fits exactly what um, the Packers need on that side of the ball. Um, we're not really going to know, like it's, it's really hard to judge right now, right? It's all speculation. It's all interviews and looking at old film and et cetera, et cetera. So it's really just like hearsay, but I think based on the way that he talks about that side of the ball and what he likes to do, I think it's a really nice fit. I think for the most part, what I gathered from the press conference is that he seems really excited to be back, like coaching just defense. It like sounds like being a head coach and all the things that come with being a head coach was like, just really not the right fit for him. And so getting back and just being back in like the film and like the fundamentals of being a coach again is like really invigorating for him, which is great. Like that's what you want. Um, being at Lambeau, being in green Bay, like working for Matt, all those things, you just, you could tell by his energy, like how much that meant to him. And we, the three of us have had that conversation, right? Like coming to green Bay and choosing to coach in green Bay. It, it's a choice. It's a lifestyle lifestyle choice. And it's, it's a commitment. Um, and you want someone who really, really cares about that. And you could, that, that shown through to me. So I'm excited about what he's going to bring. Um, I think stylistically, I like, I think the one thing and I'll, I'll pass it off to Alex that stands out most specifically to me is the way he talks about fitting his players to his play style. Right. Um, I think it's the opposite of what we've seen for a long time. Um, and he has a lot of really fun um, athletic chess pieces to work with. So we'll, we'll just see, right. When, when the players get on the field, that's, that's all we can do. But um, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I like the hire. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Perry. I, I, it's way too early to judge. Obviously, we can't really give it a grade right now, but but the, the early indications and the early impressions are this is a football guy, and we're not going to do an audit on the state of college football right now, but obviously he got out of being a head coach, essentially took it to motion if we look at it positionally, right, to go back to coordinating in the NFL, and he just seems jacked up to be a coach again rather than a recruiter and a fundraiser, et cetera, what he had to do at the level of college football. Um, I'm impressed. I, as Perry said, I, th I think she nailed uh, she nailed it with, you know, he, he he brings a style and a scheme that's interesting that should elevate some of these people. The one I'm most interested in, he was asked about is Quay Walker, right? How does he utilize a guy like that who was a first round pick two years ago? So I, I'm, I'm super intrigued to see, but we just can't grade it right now. But given the background, the, the coordinator experience, the experience in the league, and obviously his experience the last few years at Boston College as the head coach, he checked a lot of boxes that I wanted to see. I think Matt LaFleur got a confidant in, in, in some ways, right? A guy he can bounce ideas uh, off of that understands being a head coach and could kind of be the head coach of the defense. So he checks all the boxes. It's it's now just wait and see. But I thought his, his press conference, it was a good first impression. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Could not agree more with what all what you guys both said. I, I, that that head coaching experience, that presence really stood out to me in the press conference. And, you know, Justice and I talked about this uh, a week ago, but when, when, you know, there was talk of like, you know, this was very early in the season when the Packers were, you know, two and five, whether it was like if you hire or fired Joe Barry, they didn't have a defensive coordinator to potentially take over. If you hire or like fired Matt LaFleur, if you need to go in that direction, who would take over? Like you now have like people, whether it's Rich Basaccia that has that head coaching experience, you now have obviously a athlete, but that presence that he had in that first press conference was just different. It's somebody that you could clearly tell has been a head coach in the past that has like been the CEO of an entire organization and now he just gets to be, to your point, Perry, 
And what he clearly wants to be is the CEO of just the defense. He doesn't want to have to do all of that other stuff. You could tell how excited he was just to be watching tape again. And that was like exciting for me just to hear him like, yeah, I'm just diving in. And I'm like, you could tell he was like a kid in a candy store all over again, just based on that. So that presence aspect of it is, is I think what really stood out. And then I joked last year towards the end, I'm like, Joe Barry just basically needs to pull a full George Costanza and just do the opposite of every instinct that he has, because if every instinct that he has is wrong, then the opposite must be right. And I said it like mostly kind of jokingly, but like if we're looking for the opposite of Joe Barry, well, hello, Jeff Halfley. This is the opposite of Joe Barry. And that is again, more aggressive, more pressing, more single man, more like, we're not just going to like, he literally said in his presser, we're not just going to sit back and let people think. And I don't think he was trying to make it as like a, um, you know, audit of what Joe Barry did, but it like very much is like, Oh, that's exact opposite of what the last regime did. I'm just so excited to see a different direction, a more aggressive style. And of course, like there's pros and cons to every style of system, but I am ready to live with the pros and cons of this style of system, ready for something different. I couldn't be more excited. I was so impressed by that first press conference. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a wait and see now. It is. And I, that's a great point too. Like nobody is crowning anyone. Nobody's saying he's the next great defensive coordinator. You can't win anything in your first press conference. You can't win anything in a hire. Now is like the big, it's the beginning. Now all the hard work starts and we'll see what they ultimately do. Um, you know, now that he's in hand and they've got new coaches, but I think there's going to be a level of excitement and I think there's going to be a significant change in scheme, personnel usage, all of it, which is really what everyone's been asking for this entire time. All right, before we also jump into our main topic, I wanted to ask you guys one more question. We are now heading into the thick of the off season and you've got free agency coming up. You've got the draft coming up. There's going to be some releases, um, what is sort of your blueprint or plan or like just maybe a couple bucket item lists that you'd really like to see the Packers achieve as they go through this off season. Alex, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah. I probably should have learned my lesson over the course of every off season. When I get my hopes up, that will take a big swing in free agency, but damn it, Andy Perry, this is the year I want to see Goody finally take a big swing in free agency, whether that's to address the safety position, which by the way, that's a bucket list item, address the safety position early and often uh, between free agency and the draft. But I, I would love to see him take a big swing. Like, like back in 19 when he signed the Smiths and Amos, those were some fun swings. I, I don't know how big they were in terms of a, holy smokes, we got this guy uh, swing. So I, I would love to see them bring in a big free agent, which I don't think Goody has really done yet in his tenure, unless I'm blanking on somebody. Uh, otherwise, it's just filling some of the holes. As we talked about the last time the three of us got together is this team's in a really good spot. We, we talked about the D coordinator position as a, an appealing position, right? Which I don't know is always the case. So uh, attack linebacker, attack safety, uh, get some depth on the offensive line, whether that's in free agency and in the draft, but this thing's in a good, in a good spot. The championship window is open. So make the right moves. I don't know that that's the good news is there's not a ton of moves to make. Um, there's a few that I'd like to see them make, which includes a big swing in free agency, which is number one on the bucket list. Perry, before we jump to you, I just want to say, I think Zadarius Smith was a pretty aggressive swing in that first one. I would also argue that both Adrian Amos and Preston Smith were also significant swings in his first year. So For sure. 
I think all three of those would qualify, especially Zedarius. But um, I think things have just changed from then, from what they had to deal with from a salary cap standpoint, really from when they made all of those signings. He just kind of went in, like spent everything all at once. And then after that, it was sort of maintaining the roster. But I do think he's going to have some flexibility. I don't think we're going to see anything in the 17 mil per year, which is, I think, what right. Preston got in that range, or sorry, what Zedarius got in that range in that first offseason. But I think somewhere in the Amos range, where I think was like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine million a year, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. I'm not saying like three or four of them again, like he did that year. Right. But I think one or maybe two is at least within the realm of possibility. Yeah, the, the other thing with him, though, is and I, I'm not complaining by any means, right? But uh, we just haven't seen that since. And But he's made his money uh, on the low-risk, high-reward moves. He's made so many of them that have worked out. And the ones that haven't were low-risk. They didn't really matter. And, and that's what's made him so special during his tenure as a GM. So I'm not knocking him by any means. But I, I just love to see a big swing this offseason. Totally get it. Perry? I think there's a pretty clear blueprint this offseason. You know, there's a couple of restructures that need to happen. Aaron Jones, potentially Preston Smith, if they want him back. Um, there's a few unfortunate releases that I think need to happen um, and or like non-bring backs, if you will. Like, a, you know, Devondre is, I think, uh, on that list. I don't, you know, Darnell Savage being a big question mark. Like there's some things that need to get answered in terms of like the current roster that need to happen before they make any decisions. Um, I agree around free agency, but I, I only see the Packers making like one move. Um, I, I think like given the cap and um, just who they are, I, I don't see it being anything more than that. Um, I'd love to see them bring Keyshawn Nixon back. Um, even if it's just as a returner, um, like one year, potentially two year deal. Um, I mean, he was an all pro this past season. Um, so if there's one guy in free agency, I'd love for them to bring back who's on their current roster and then one swing, um, in free agency. I agree with you, Alex, I'd like it to be safety. Um, I think this season is going to be, you know, they do this quite often, right? They double dip free agency and then the draft. And I think this season it's gotta be at safety, right? Bring in. Um, one big free agent at safety draft a safety, although it's not a great draft for safety, but you know, that room's like virtually empty. So they're going to have to fill it some way. And they tend to do the, the double dip free agent draft. So that's kind of what I see them doing in terms of free agent swing. Um, if not, I think inside linebacker might be the other option, but, um, I think it's just going to be one major one, just given where they are monetarily, um, and then bringing back. Keyshawn Nixon, but this is going to be another year where it's heavy draft. The, the new guys on the team are going to be the draft. They have the capital. Um, they have it, you know, in the top 50, top 90, if you will. So it's going to stay young as it should. And it worked out right this past season. Um, but that's kind of, I think what the blueprint is like restructures, figure out who's on the team currently, maybe go, go resign, go out and get someone new and then just really focus on the draft. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think there not you know, could only not only be a a double down. I think there could be a triple or quadruple down at safety. Legitimately, um, it would not shock me if they wanted to go into this season with like Anthony Johnson Jr. as like the fifth, and like Zane Anderson and Benny Sapp battling for like a special teams safety spot. Like. And legitimate, and maybe one of those is bringing back a Rudy Ford or a Jonathan Owens or a Darnell Savage. That's within the realm of possibility. But like they need bodies significantly at that spot. And I think you could see not only a free agent signing, I think you could see two or three draft picks at safety. And we have seen Goody primarily focus on positions that are stronger in the draft when, you know, given the opportunity, which maybe means he does have to, you know, double dip at safety and free agency. And again, maybe that's an outside guy and an inside guy that's already here. But I think they're going to want to go into the draft with flexibility, but they need bodies there. But outside of safety, which is the clear and obvious, like you just cannot go into the season with Anthony Johnson Jr., Zane Anderson, and, um, you know, Benny Sapp. Yeah, you can't, you just can't do that. So outside of safety, which is a clear and obvious, they're going to have to add some bodies there. I'm going to go in two different directions. The first is this team needs a legit Aaron Jones backup. I think we learned one of the big things that we learned from last year is. They like they need a guy like Aaron Jones to really spark that offense. And when AJ Dillon was in, quite frankly, it just wasn't good enough. I'm not saying that Aaron or AJ Dillon can't be a you know usable NFL player in some situations, but if Jones is out, he does not bring that same spark. He does not bring that same playmaking ability, and that playmaking ability just opens up everything: the play action game, the receiver's ability down the field. And then obviously just getting plays from the running back position in and of itself, not to mention that Jones can win in the passing game as well. Mm -hmm. So I think adding a a legit number two running back who has the ability to be a playmaker, because we know a, they're not going to give Jones, you know, 50 snaps a game. That's just not what they do. And we know that he's probably going to have some games where he doesn't play at this stage of his career. And I just think it's super important that they get that guy. And then the other one I'll say is, I want to keep seeing this offensive line bolstered as much as possible. I'm already very much to the point where if Jordan Love is protected with all of these weapons on offense, this team's going to put up legitimate points. Uh, But as I've mentioned on here on numerous occasions right now, yeah, I feel comfortable with the five starters that they are going to be able to put out there week one, if nothing changes, but you're an injury away from Jordan Love having to constantly drop his eyes from the run game, not being as good from pressure being a major issue from not being able to hit some of those plays down the field because you've got somebody that's substandard where you have to legitimately change your offense because of it. I want more competition. I want more depth and I want more talent on that offensive line because if you give 10 time, good night, they're going to put up a lot of points. Yeah. I agree with you on both of those. I think I pictured them doing both those things in the draft. 
do yeah, I, I don't think that's yeah that, that that's well within the realm of possibility yeah i fully agree i i think the aaron jones replacement slash backup conversation is a really interesting one right like there is a possibility aj dylan's back i don't think it's a high possibility but it, it is still out there um it's just not a long-term solution like i think all of us are looking for at that position this offseason well said yeah i, I think they're going to take a running back higher than we think they are so you, you think day two is that like early day two is what you're thinking I think yeah, day two I period. Okay. I, I mean, whether it's, you know, the, because they're going to have two picks in the second, two picks in the third, yep. I'd be surprised if they got to day three and had not addressed running back yet. And again, free agencies before the draft. So maybe it's via free agency, but if they get to day three and haven't addressed running back in some capacity yet, I'd be pretty shocked. Yeah. I, I would guess that's almost exclusively a draft solution, right? Like I don't think they're going to dip their toe unless it's still in, in free agency. So um, that is a position that's really intriguing to me this off season. I, I mean, it's probably priority, what, two, three, four, five, somewhere in there, but it's 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 a fun one. It's one I'm very intrigued to see if they wait till day three. If it's an early day two thing, um, we will see. Wait and see once again. I actually think it's a higher priority than three, four, five. Well, like, well, I, think well, so, it, I think it's a really high priority because look, yeah. if you look at this offense, this offense, I mean, offensive line is maybe up there too, Andy. And it's funny because we'll get to that when we get to our main topic. So I don't want to dive too far into offensive line, but like – if you look at this offense as a whole, it's it's pretty rock solid, right? Yep. Except the running back two position. Like that is yeah. like the kind of like one hole. And quite frankly, like, look, Aaron Jones is phenomenal. And he does not look like he has lost a step by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. However, he missed a ton of time this season, right? Yep. And he is nearing 30. Like he is not going to get a big extension. We do not know like when the drop off is going to hit. So you need to find that backup now. Like, you know how that, that old adage of like, you know, you take a, you never take a quarterback when you need one. Like mm-hmm. I've kind of feel like this is the moment. It's like, you never take a running back when you need one, like take a running back now. I think, you know, we always talk about the the Packers succession plan at quarterback and how they've gone. I could see, and you talked about earlier, Perry, them double dipping at certain positions. I think they could very much follow the Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays draft where they Mm -hmm. drafted a guy in the third, a guy in the fifth and a guy in the seventh and just said, I don't care which one turns out. It it may be the guy in the fifth or the seventh is the best one. I don't really care, but they've got Jones already. And then if you go into the, you know, training camp with Jones, a third round pick, a fifth round pick, a seventh round pick and Emmanuel Wilson, I feel pretty good about where you're at from a running back standpoint. And they have enough picks. They're going to have 11 picks total. You get you know guy on day two, two guys on day three. Totally cool with that. It's not a super strong running back draft either, but that's okay. Like these guys come out of nowhere all the freaking time, and I'm a yeah. million percent okay with it. Yeah, I agree. Love it. How in the heck are you guys so freaking easy to talk to that we're 20 minutes in and we haven't even remotely touched on our main topic yet? It's, it's been a stupid. month, Andy. We yeah. have to get so fun. <laughs> how easy it is to talk to you guys. All right, so Perry, since you wanted to start spoiling our main topic anyway, I will start with you on this one. We're going to go through, we're each going to give three breakout candidates and then we'll go through one regression candidate each, which means we can't copy one another's. We have not discussed this ahead of time, so we each have backups if needed. I think one of the hardest parts of this topic, I've been thinking about this topic for a couple of weeks and whether or not, the hard thing about this topic is there, like the whole team is a freaking breakout candidate. Like literally the team is made of breakout (laughs) candidates. So we could go in a million different directions here, but Perry, I will give you pick number one. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know if mine is going to surprise anyone. So 
whatever. But um, my breakout candidate is Tucker Craft. Um, And I mean, I guess it just shouldn't be a surprise because the entire second half of his season was kind of his breakout moment. And I just see it continuing. But his stats don't jump off the page, right? And I think it's just because the first half of his season was, you know, just him getting used to offense, not really being used because they utilize Luke Musgrave. But like, you just look at the second half of his campaign, 31 receptions, 355 yards. All right. But he's starting to get targeted. He's starting to really come on in the, in the blocking game. But the stat that makes that gets me there is he had more yards after the catch, more yak this season than both Kittle and Kelsey. Wow. That's, That's a, a heck of a stat. That's a stat. So I just like his, his, progression and his yeah his ability to get yak was um yeah right up there with the best of the best so um i think he's right there about to break out this next season especially especially when the whole offense is healthy and he can be utilized amongst everyone musgrave on the field as well i don't want i don't want to do this on everyone because we'll be here forever if we do but tucker craft was number two on my list Tucker Craft had a plus 4.35 grade for me, which was the eighth highest grade on the entire team. And he didn't even start playing until basically like the second half of the season. I, I could not be more geeked about what I saw from Tucker Craft on the field last year. Like I've had to try to temper my own expectations because mm-hmm. my expectations are like completely unreasonable for how great I think he can be. I am so excited. And I think he's absolutely going to continue to take off. He is it. And I, I'm just... I don't even have words for it. I'm so stoked for him. Yeah. He, Alex, he was two on your list too. He was two on my list as well. Yeah. He, he's a ridiculously fun candidate, but to your point, when we started this, Andy, right? Like I think by nature, all of us are very optimistic at the end of February about what this team's potential is in 2024. So uh, the regression part of this list was very, very hard. The, the, the breakout candidate part of this list, ridiculously easy, but Tucker craft also my two. All right. Alex, who's number one on your list. Uh, I stayed with the offense wide receiver position. I'm going Dontavian Wicks. Uh, I'm so, uh, I'm so chuffed about his potential uh, coming up, right? Like he had a really nice rookie season. He came on late. I don't know if he was the guy we were all uh, expecting to, to, to look at at the end of the season and say, yeah, that's probably our best pure wide receiver. Uh, Only 600 yards, four touchdowns of the regular season, obviously had the touchdown as well uh, against Dallas in the postseason. I just love his ability. I love his ceiling. I, I, I mean, we've we've talked about him plenty over the last couple of months. He is a stud, and I think he's going to put himself over the top next year. I think we'll, we'll truly view him as the as the best receiver on this team um, after twenty twenty four. He's he's my one hundred and one. Yes, really, yes, you think he's going to yes. be the best on the team. Yes. Also, I, I love how you're like only six hundred yards. Like I, I didn't think that. I didn't know if any. Did I say only? Yeah, I was, was going to say, did I say only? I, I don't know that yeah. I meant only, but but he it, it was, felt like he, he had a giant that. season. He did in terms of a rookie year. Also for a fifth round rookie, a fifth round right. pick rookie. Like um, he was number three on my list. So he was number nine on my list only because oh, really? I already think he's the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game of football. So uh, like, I just like to me, like he already almost like broke out in my heart. So that's where I was at. with Dante. <laughs> yeah. like, he has to make the list Cause I think he can get better, but I am so enamored with him already. Nine is I surprising. Yeah. I don't know. Best separation in the league. Best separation in the league. 
separation sensation. He's amazing. I'm going to stick with wide receiver. And unfortunately I'm going to regurgitate some stats from a podcast I did a couple of days ago, but I'm going with Bo Melton. I do not believe that Bo Melton is a flash in the pan. I do not believe that this is just some random practice squad fun story in the last three weeks of the season. This team had to win every game at the end of the season to get into the playoffs. And they're going with Bo Melton heavy in the final three regular season games. And those final three regular season games, he goes 15 for 211 and a touchdown um, during that time frame, which if you expand in a 17-game season, is 85 for 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. Now, again, super small sample size. I know that. It's very clear and obvious. Caught the touchdown in the divisional round game against the 49ers. He was my highest graded player per play of anyone on the team last season. He was PFF's second highest graded player on the team last season. Like that is how good I think he can become. He is insanely fast. He is insanely talented. He lived in the middle of the field. He lived down the field. He did run after the catch stuff. He did stuff behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think he's just a gadget guy. I think they found a legitimate starting caliber wide receiver off of the Seahawks practice squad, pulled them up to end the season, and he's now a dude. I think that is where he's at, and I don't think he's going to slow down. I am. This is another guy I'm insanely excited about. I know the wide receiver position is going to be really, really tough because they've just got so many freaking dudes, but I'm all in on the Bo Melton bandwagon, and I am not getting off. Wow. You are his number one fan. You have Big been, Bo Melton guy. You have been like conductor of the Bo Melton train since day one there was a tweet that i had before they picked him up off of the practice squad from seattle um i forget i I think it was i was asking for them to release sammy watkins and i think i said something to the effect of um i do you need to go in any other direction and i said whether it's promoting someone from your own practice squad picking up bo melton from the seahawks practice squad or signing tom grassi it was i think literally like my tweet um but like (laughs) i literally was like already calling for bo melton to come to green bay and replace of sammy watkins um, and yeah, it's, it's worked out amazing. So yes, I've been a fan for a while, but I was, I was so impressed with how he played last year. Yeah. All right. All right we're going to go in reverse order. So I get to do number two this time. And then Alex will get number two. I, I'm going to make this one quicker. I, I'm sticking on offense. I'm going Luke Musgrave. Uh, we talked about Tucker craft. Luke Musgrave is, isn't even like familiar with his own body yet and what his body can be. Uh, the, the favorite clip of the entire season is Matt LaFleur saying that Luke Musgrave didn't stumble or whatever trip, whatever he said, like it was so amazing, but I think he's still legitimately learning when he needs to accelerate, when he needs to just sort of jog through things. I thought his run after the catch ability got better. I thought his breaking tackle ability got better as the season went on. And as a blocker, don't think he's ever going to be that guy, but he's a get in the way guy and he gives effort. And that's all I can ask for a guy that's a little bit wiry and a little bit just tall and skinny. I'm cool with them being the big wide receiver that can also do a little bit more blocking. They're going to find a ton of ways to use him in Tucker craft. As you mentioned early Perry, uh, Luke Musgrave, easily number three. He was number three on my list. Melton and Tucker craft were one and two. Number four, number four on my list. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. That entire room. I, I mean, I, the two guys we've already talked about is just so so unbelievably yeah. exciting for next year. Um, all, all right, I'm going to go the Quay Walk Quay Walker route. Um, just because I, I mean, I mentioned him earlier. I I I mentioned how Jeff Halfley talked about his excitement for him. It's a position group, Perry. You mentioned earlier, right? That's that's obviously top heavy with him, but. There's some decisions to make elsewhere and, and obviously some backfill to make uh, throughout the course of this offseason. So 
I'm excited to see what, what Quay Walker can do in this this new offense under Jeff Hafley. We know he's, you know, an athletic freak. We know he has a pretty solid football IQ. Like, I, I'm very excited for what he could do. I think the breakout's just a year too late because he was a guy I was high on last offseason. We were playing the same game uh, that was high on my list. I just hope this is finally the year because I think his potential is as high as it gets at that position. Love it. I'm with you. I'm with you, Alex. I'm I'm waiting for. I'm just it's I think it's just it's coaching now. It's just waiting yeah. for the right guy to come in and and pull it out of him because you saw the jump. I thought he had a really nice jump to sophomore year and it's like waiting for that breakout level. Yeah. Um there's a few things that he needs to clean up. I think like mainly coverage. Um but everything else was starting to look put he was putting it together. Um wow, you got two picks, few... Perry. I have two. Yeah, you okay. get two in a row. Oh, there's a few ways I can go here. Okay. Um, I mean, he was. this is the number two person on my list, which I'm surprised neither of you chose. So I want to hear why. Um, but it's got to be Jaden Reed. I mean, I, I, I know you went with you think Dontavian Wicks is going to be their guy. But, like, to me, it's going to be Jaden Reed next season. Like, I am fully yeah. – like, Jaden Reed is going to be their 1,000-yard receiver next okay. season. Like he's he's going to be that dude because originally I thought he was just like oh he's just going to be a slot guy. He's not just a slot guy. He no. he's a full usage all purpose receiver with insane speed. And I think the connection that him and Jordan Love have um it's only getting it's only getting better. And I think that Matt LaFleur really, really loves to utilize him maybe a little bit too much at times, but in some really <laughs> yes. interesting, some really interesting ways. Um, and I think what, what got me this season was hearing the way other coaches talk about Jaden Reed um, and the respect that he already has as a rookie. I mean, he got offensive rookie of the year votes guys. Yeah. Like yep. he's going to break out next season. <laughs> And th this is where I was sort of in the similar vein of Dontavian Wicks where like, I kind of already felt like he broke out. Yeah. Like I already know he's really like, I, I feel like I already know he's really freaking good. So it's not like, I don't think he's going to get better. It's not like, I don't think he can break out more. I just already feel like I've got a really good sample size of Jaden Reed being really, really good. And I'm really cool with that already. So I had him on my list. I just didn't have him as high because I just think so highly of him already. Yeah. You know, Perry, nobody's a bigger Jaden Reed fan than Alex Strofe, right? True. So I, I I didn't put him on my list at all because to, to Andy's point, I felt like he already broke out. It was like, wasn't it a 900 total yard, 10 touchdown season for him? You mentioned the offensive rookie of the year votes. Like, I think he's already there. Um, though I do think Dontavian Wicks will bring his game to another level next year, as I mentioned. See, I don't think anyone on this team like really broke out yet. Like they all showed their flashes, right? And I think that like we're we're so attuned to this team that to us maybe they did but if you're thinking yeah. about this team in terms of like oh I don't follow the Packers and I just am like around the league you know I don't I don't know if you would say that like Jaden Reed maybe I guess I, I put a, I put him in a similar category of Jordan Love and Zach Tom right like neither of those guys crossed my mind for this list because I thought this year was that for them I put Jaden Reed in the same vein I just want to say, Alex, when you said 900 total yards and 10 touchdowns, I had to almost like do a double take. I did. I like, I knew it because sometimes I get so caught up in the season of like, you know, I, you know, somebody's good and like, I'm going through and grading every player and every play and things like that. But sometimes I don't take like a, a pause to like, actually look what like the final statistics are like, that is like 900 total yards and sure, 10 sure. touchdowns. That is yeah, whew, we're in extreme dude territory at that point. So <laughs> yeah, I almost stand by my point more of like, he's already amazing. All right, Perry, you've got another pick though. 
Okay. Well, so I actually like thought about, I'm not going to pick him obviously, because now I'm understanding like the rules here. I actually thought about picking Jordan Love because like, I yeah, think obviously. I think I, I, I might allow it. I might allow it. Just, just because like, yeah, maybe, but maybe this was his breakout. I mean, this was his breakout year. I think he came on the scene this season, yeah. but like, I really feel like Jordan's about to be, I mean, Jordan's about to be a top 10 quarterback next season. Yeah. He already is, but no, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with LVN um, because I think regardless of what they do at edge, um, whether they bring Preston back or not, LVN is about to get a lot more snaps. I think he's going to be utilized in a much more appropriate way um, with Halfley coming in. And he was always going to be like that Rashawn Gary type, like project developmental player. Right. And he was always going to need a year. He was always going to be edge three and need a little time for that, like ascension. Um, and I think he really started to come on a little bit towards the end of the season. And like, I mean, he's a first round pick. So your expectations are right. That he takes that next step in his second season. Um, so I think with, with a new DC, I'd love to see him start getting some of those pressure numbers, those quarterback hit numbers, and those sacks. Love it. All right, Alex, who you got next? Yeah, I think you can take everything Perry just said, other than maybe the edge part of it, uh, and apply it to somebody playing next to LVN next year. Hopefully a hefty dosage of my guy Carl Brooks, who I think uh, will take it to another level. Uh, there was not a moment this season, and uh, look, I don't study the film and, and, and watch the game as critically as Perry and Andy do because I'm just kind of an idiot, but I, I do <laughs> – no, when Carl Brooks is on the football field, I get really excited. Um, happen. Yeah, good things happen. And, and it, it certainly proved itself late in the season and into the postseason. So I, I'm really fired up about Carl Brooks, I think, to, to Perry's point, with, with some of the scheme changes and design that will be going on with Jeff Halfway. I just think he's going to have more opportunity. And that was kind of our golden word last year, right? Who's going to have the opportunity? Who's going to break out? I think this season will be a great opportunity for Carl Brooks. When he's on the football field, Andy Herman, good things happen. I like it. I, he's he's such a fun player. I'm so excited for year two. I didn't have him on my list, but he, I, he was like an honorable mention for me. Um, but he's he has every right to be on that list. So I'm I'm totally cool with that selection. All right, I get to give my final two, and I'm actually I feel good about my final two. All all of uh, both of them are in my top five. Actually, uh, I'm gonna actually go with Rasheed Walker next, and this is somebody that also had a smaller breakout. I think this past year, I think Rasheed Walker has the ability to be a long-term legitimate, really good left tackle, really the almost Zach Tom version of what Zach Tom does at right tackle, just at left tackle. Rashid's impressed me with his ability to get better over the course of his time in Green Bay already. From what he went in the first handful of games that he started, where almost you know everyone to a T was like, get this guy off the field, to by the end of the season, everyone being extremely comfortable with him at left tackle, I thought was massively impressive through the course of the season. I don't know if you guys remember his very first uh, preseason. He was injured the first three weeks of preseason, didn't do anything in training camp. And then in the very last preseason game, and maybe I'm forgetting, I can't remember if there were three or four preseason games this year. I'm forgetting my years now, but it was the final week of preseason and he just had gotten back. And like there was legitimate thought. Remember, like he, this is a late seventh round pick. You know, Lou Nichols in a very similar situation this past year, late seventh round pick was hurt, didn't get to do anything, gets cut or, you know, gets cut injured. And then he ends up on the Eagles practice squad. Grant Dubose, who spent almost the entire time hurt, ends up getting released and added back to the Packers practice squad. 
he had to go out and sort of do everything in that final week to go and prove himself. I remember I go back and I watched the all 22 of that. And one of the players I was most focused on was Rashid Walker in that first, that for his, our first impression of him. And he was awesome. He was so freaking good. And I'm like, he dude just earned a roster spot on that game alone. And he did, they keep him. They red shirt him basically that entire season. And all of a sudden he comes in, Bakhtiari gets out week one and he's now the starter and I, I think the the sky is the limit for what he can become. I think there's there's probably going to be some you know level that he just gets to, and that is who he is. But I think he has a couple level a couple another steps that he can take as a starting left tackle. And I'm excited about his progression. And I, I think we'll see what happens with Bakhtiari in the coming weeks. But if if that has to be Rashid Walker moving forward, I feel very comfortable with it. I had a hunch his name would pop up tonight um, when, when we, we decided we were doing this game. Uh, I just wasn't sure which category he'd be in because I think you could probably make a case either way. Um, I, 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 as I said, I'm optimistic on everybody right now. It's that point of the offseason. So the next part of this segment is going to be really hard to do. But um, yeah, I, I was intrigued to see when and where his name popped up. Uh, I think that was pick number eight overall. So interesting. Yeah. And I'm going to finish up uh, on my last one here. And that is with Christian Watson. I believe in Christian Watson, period, end of story. I know that the injuries have derailed him, but when he's been on the field, he's been really freaking good. And I do believe that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that he is ready and prepared for this upcoming season. I'm hopeful that we're not going to see a bizarro series of soft tissue injuries again for Watson. And even if he can play 13, 14 games this upcoming season, I believe he will have a massive impact he is graded well. He is statistically done extremely well. He brings a whole different dimension to this offense when he's out on the field. If he can just stay healthy, he is going to have a massive, massive year and a massive impact. He's one of those guys that doesn't even need the ball to go his way in order to make a massive impact. So for me, not giving up on him, I'm going Christian Watson. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I do believe Andy just did four. Yeah, you're right, Perry. He certainly did. Uh, Don't, I thought we okay. were all going to do four. We were only going to do three? Yeah. Well, we're doing four now. So you know uh, what? Sure. Okay. We're doing four now. <laughs> but That's I agree with you on Christian. I do agree with you on Christian Watson. I do. I'm an idiot. I, I, I thought we were doing four. I, no, I it's fine. It's, I just, it's fine. I thought it was funny to call you I'll just, out. I'll just keep going. Um, I'm just going to keep yeah, going. I can keep going. Let's we do can miss the whole offense. Yeah, <laughs> Alex and, and Perry, lightning round, you each get one more. Yeah, Christian Watson was on my, my list as well, obviously missing eight games. He only had two receptions in the playoffs. I'll do a preseason, pre-preseason uh, prediction. He will have more than two receptions in, in next in the next postseason. Uh, last one, same vein. I, I'm going to go Jair. If he stays healthy, I, I still think he can be one of the premier corners in the league. He's paid like it. Uh, I think he showed some really good flashes this year. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll go Jair. He just missed a lot of time. Perry's going to be you mad at you. Think, I think Alex is more leaning towards – rebound more than breakout more like uh but you know, couldn't like you a, make the case for christian watson back. then too you could make that same case for christian watson then yeah you're probably right i, I mean i i know they're different levels right like jair is one of the best at in his position or at his position in the league but he was he missed half the season you can't break out when you've already been an all pro 
Okay, it's a bounce back. I didn't think we were doing four, Perry. Leave me alone. I, I put Alex on the spot. It's all right. We'll, we'll count a bounce back candidate. Leave, all right, leave, Perry, me, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I, I like it. I like it. Of course you did. I kind of already did four too, because you know, I I kind of I kind of put Jordan. You love did love. In there. All right, we're good. We're good then. Uh, all right, let's do one regression candidate each. I've got a few guys on my list. I'm ex- I'm I'm in- intrigued to see where you guys want to go, Alex. Since you haven't got to go first on any of these, we'll give you first pick on regression candidate. Yeah, I teased I it. Harry's already mad at you for Jair Alexander. So I, I teased it earlier. Uh, I I think it's going to be Jaden Reed. Um, I still think he's going to be a, a really critical centerpiece of this offense. I just think statistically, I had to look at it, Andy. To your point earlier, uh, that's why I didn't respond when you said that. I didn't realize how nice of a season he had. I just think statistically he might be in a similar wheelhouse um, and, and maybe lower in some of those numbers, but he had a terrific rookie year. I think Dontavian Wicks picks up some of the slack. I think Romeo Dobbs uh, continues to, to, to be who he is, Mr. Reliable for Jordan Love, and, and the tight end room is going to take away some reception. So Jaden Reed here, but I, I don't know how much I believe myself saying it out loud. Well, you have officially lost your biggest Jaden Reed fan in the world uh, yeah. uh, moniker with that pick, but we'll, we'll, I'll still give it to you. I see what you're saying, and I kind of had something similar on my list, but Perry, what direction are you going in? Um, I will, I'll respond to that first, and then I think that's a really nice answer for someone who doesn't see this team regressing because, like, it is a bit of a combat, and, like, he's still going to do well, but it's hard to beat such a great season when you have 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns. So, so nice. fair. Um, Mine's also a little bit of a cop-out, and um, it's just, like, the interior of the offensive line. I I just, like, I have a lot of questions about, not Elton, obviously, but just, like, at center and at right guard. Um, I don't really trust Josh Myers, and right guard is such a question mark right now. Like, Sean Ryan looked fine, he was, but he rotated. Like, he's never played a full game we don't know if they're going to bring John Runyon Jr. back. Even if they do, again, he didn't look great. I don't know what kind of player he would be. You know, do they draft someone even so? Still, that's still a huge question mark whether that draft pick looks good. So I don't, I just don't feel great about where that side of the line looks this season. Um, and I don't feel really good about their options because, again, like you do have options where you can move into center, right? You have Elton who can play at center, you have Zach Tom who can play at center. But why do you want to move guys from where they're playing right now excellently? And then you have holes at left guard yeah. and at right tackle, right? So with nowhere to fill. So I, I just don't – I don't love where they've left themselves uh, at the interior of the offensive line. Good call. I uh, I totally get what you're saying. My counterpoint would be I didn't think center and right guard were good last year. And I like to the point where like they were – like the biggest weakness like on the team, like, guys. like they had two, they had two guys that are rotating in, like they had options. Yeah. Like this year, they don't even have options True. right now, at least as of now. No, that's yeah. fair. All right, I have three, I have three names and I'll go through them each kind of quick. Um, I know make I just make up. my own rules. Yeah. It's your show. Okay. Do what you want. But I, cause I think, all right, let, let's, let's put the elephant in the room. I think we have to at least mention that Jordan love is a potential regression candidate. He was on my list. Um, I, I'm, he's not going to be my choice, but I think we have to at least go into it of like that dude went on a heater in the second half of the season in like in an insane way. And my leaning would be, I think that's just who he is, but defenses are going to try more and more things against him. Some, I still say some defensive coordinators probably going to figure something out and they're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. 
Um, I don't think that's going to be a major issue. There was no specific, like he saw a billion different defenses this past year and he and Matt LaFleur had answers to pretty much all of it. But I think there's still, we have to at least address the possibility of it. Even if I think all of us don't necessarily believe that that's ultimately going to end up being what happens. Um, my two other ones really quick, uh, Preston Smith, it's a, uh, even numbered year and Preston Smith in even number years does not do as well. Uh, so that's like an easy one, but like also, we think LVN is probably going to get more playing time. Rashawn Gary is going to hopefully play a full season and probably play more snaps. There's this new, you know, four, three defense, which I think you can make the argument LVN and Rashawn Gary fit into a little bit better than Preston and Preston's a year older. And while I'm 98% sure Preston is back on the team, I can't, I can't say a billion percent for sure. There's still some potential opportunity there, but even if he is, I think I, I, and this mostly has to do with, I thought he had a really nice 2023 season. And just being a year older at his age, new defense, all that stuff, there's at least the possibility. And then the other one that I have on my list was Romeo Dobbs. And this is more in Alex's vein of like, A, it has to do with, I thought Dobbs had a undervalued great year. And I think that really showed up in the playoffs of exactly what type of guy this wide receiver is and exactly what he can do when given a real opportunity. But we're getting to the point where the wide receiver numbers are just stupid to the point where... Dontavian Wicks made our list. Jaden Reed made our list. Bo Melton made our list. Christian Watson made our list. And that's not even including like a guy like Malik Keith or if, if they draft or you know, whatever somebody like there's just wide receiver numbers. We're going to have a hopefully full seasons of Luke Musgrave and Tucker craft. The numbers are going to go down for some of these guys just inherently because there's too many dudes. So I'm going to say that Romeo Dobbs, despite him not getting worse as a player, I think could sort of just, stay status quo as a player, but his numbers could come down because there's so many guys that the, there's just not enough balls to go around through the course of the season. Both of those guys were two and three on my list as well. Just, I mean, I'm still on the fence about Preston coming back, which is why yep. he wasn't number one. But if I knew he was on the roster, he would, he'd probably be number one for all the reasons you said, Andy. Um, and also just like in general, I think your young talent that you just drafted, like should be getting, you know, the snaps, or at least taking some snaps away, yep. you know, for, for good reason. And um, similar with Dobbs, I mean, it, it's just a matter now of like what role each of these wide receivers are carving out for themselves. Right. And, and who's seizing those opportunities, you know, this year was so unique in that everyone was so selfless and, you know, and, and that's going to not stick for forever um you know they're they're someone is gonna break out someone is going to be that thousand yard receiver someone is going to eventually be a number one you know that is just how mm -hmm. things shake out in nfl offenses and it is going to leave somebody on that very long list of talented receivers you just listed as a guy who maybe has games where they're just not utilized as much. Um, it may not be Dobbs, right? It may be somebody else. It, we don't know yet, but this is just us speculating. Yeah, I mean, Alex already mentioned he hates Jaden Reed. So, uh, you know, that's another possibility there. Print the t-shirts. That's what I said. <laughs> Alex hates Jaden <laughs> Reed. Uh, guys, like I said, it is stupid how easy it is to talk to you guys for 47 minutes out of nowhere. This is another one of those where I'm like, yeah, this will probably go like, you know, 30 minutes. We've got a deep combo to go. And it's like, no, we'll... We're going to talk for forever still because it's always amazing talking with you guys. Uh, any final thoughts before we jump out of here? Uh, just real quick on, on the Jordan Love negativity that's not allowed on the show. Never do that again. <laughs> no negativity. I'm just saying like we have to. No, you're, you're right. 
he was the second discussed that there's it's within the realm of reason to say like even if it's a minor step back that's still a potential regression like i said i'm not expecting it i don't predict it i think he's going to be great but no like you said right? small sample size the second half of the season was a heater but i i think all of us optimistically just think that's who he is and what he can be which means he should be probably a front runner for for the mvp next year regression can also come in the form of like not meeting our incredibly lofty expectations, right? Like it could mean that he's still great, right? We just like saw this guy now and we're like, oh my, like I I literally just said, oh, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback next season, right? And he could be, you know, number 10 and not top five Mm -hmm. in which we believe he can be, you know, and all of a sudden to us and our super high now, like we believe he's going to be the next hall of fame quarterback, not meeting our expectations, like looks like regression. When, what if I told you next year, he threw for 4,200 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. How would you feel? 64% completion percentage. Great season. Yeah. Good, good follow-up. That's literally what he had. Right. That's literally his stats from last year. So like that, that, to your point, Perry, it's like, even if he has the exact same season, we might be like, oh, he's just kind of, it was like, like there, there wasn't the next step up. It was just the same thing, but it was an awesome freaking year. Can we skip the month but of it's October? More, <laughs> it's, more, nice. it's more than that though, Andy, right? Like if he has that season and the Packers make it to the Super Bowl, I don't give a rat's ass what his stats look like. <laughs> true story. True, true story. And same, same thing the other way. He could have the same numbers and they could, you know, miss the playoffs by a game. Exactly. And it's same thing. Like, it's great that he had the same numbers, but you got to find a way to make the playoffs and step up like they did at the end of this past year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's all very complex. It's all very, very complex. But no, no negativity, oh. Alex Strelf. I agree with you. We're all very, very high on the, the Jordan Love progression train, and we all think he's going to take that next step. I think that's safe to say. Totally. All right. Uh, final thoughts for you, Alex? Or no, Perry. Alex, you got yours in. Perry, any final thoughts for you? Uh, just, a, a going to be a long off season. Now this conversation yeah. made me, uh, really excited about watching Packers football. And now I have like seven months before. That <laughs> <laughs> to your point though, we're like, we're building it out in the right ways. February, we got new defensive coordinator. And like, that was one of the biggest things we all wanted. Like you said, at the very onset of this Perry, we got our wish. And now we kind of got to dig into that for February. March is going to be free agency. And even if that doesn't necessarily include the Packers going to get, getting some dudes, it could be, oh, that's the end of the A.J. Dillon era. Oh, that's the end of the Keisha Nixon era. They could release David Bakhtiari. They could, like, there's going to be a ton of stuff yeah. that happens in March. And then April, we're going to get the draft. May, we're going to get to break down all the candidate or like the picks that the Packers just made. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's going to be rookie mini camps and mini camps, OTAs. June's going to be mini camp and OTAs. And then we're going to have like a month of like nothingness and then training camp. And it all is going to start all over again. And it's like, it's going to be like, before you know it, just as like we were last time we were talking about, you know, will Joe Barry be fired and stuff like that? Like all of a sudden we're going to be like blanking and it's going to be like, we're going to be previewing week one and we're going to be like, what the hell just happened? It's going to be great. Did anyone else see Andy's pupils like dilate a mundo when talking about that? About which part? (laughs) Fired up or something? Yeah, I'm just excited. I'm like the whole thing, like this is why the NFL is best because there's there's no downtime. There's always amazing stuff to talk yeah, about. Is. And even best. when there's nothing, you and I can they're all three of us can still talk for 50 minutes on breakout candidates, which is amazing. 
Just can't come fast enough. But yeah, you also missed the schedule release. We get to break down a schedule at some point, Andy. That's coming up soon too. That is my thing that I care about the absolute least because we already know who they're playing. <laughs> we already know who they're playing. I can we but can when? break down. But like, when is like, I'm going to be at every game or watching every game, no matter what. So like, whatever order you put it on my calendar, I don't oh, care. Okay, fine. Nice. Excuse yeah, me. I know. I know. I know. It's sort of my job now. Yeah. Um, all right, Perry. Where can we find all of your amazing work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Follow my other show at PWSS Podcast on Twitter. Maggie and I will be back this week with another episode. And uh, yeah, check us out on Twitter and YouTube. You can find Alex at Jaden Reed Hater, which is with an eight H eight R. Alex, where can we find your work? Yeah, at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me. Uh, yeah, you can get me on Twitter as well, at Alex underscore Strofe, and check out the Mr. Relevant podcast. Really fun conversations around all things Wisconsin sports. We had three-time Super Bowl champion James White uh, on the program this past week, as well that. as UW Green Bay men's basketball coach Sonny Wicks, who's, who's leading one heck of a turnaround for the Phoenix and Green Bay. So uh, you can get that wherever you get your podcasts as well. Yeah, I'm worried they're not going to be able to keep Sonny for, for too long in Green Bay based on his first season, which is a bummer, but he's been amazing. Uh, you can find me at Andy Herman NFL. You can find the podcast at Packet A Podcast. Go make sure to follow both of these amazing people. We will see you soon, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.